Hi, my name is David Siegler, and welcome to my podcast. But I'm going to introduce you now to one of my favourite people, my favourite people, and one of my favourite property professionals, and one of my favourite deal packages, and it's become so much more. So um, as you can see, I don't know if you can see at the top, Jesse, uh, we've got friends joining us. I don't know if you see that at your end, top, um, top no. left ditch. Uh, okay, well, the room is filling as I speak, so um, I'm just going to hold back for a little bit and tell people um, that we met maybe in 2017, did we? Yeah, that's right, Mark, 2017. 2017, yeah. and there's a there's been sort of a thread running through uh, the mentors sections this week in that I've spoken already to, you know, Laura, Katie, Karen, and uh, Rick. And there seems to be like a two-year time span be between starting out, sometimes from scratch, right, mm -hmm. and building a really proper, sensible property business, not just deal packaging, becomes a property business. So that's very familiar. Okay, let's put this show on the road now because we've got friends rushing in. Good afternoon. I can see them now. Hi, guys. Oh, you can see them. That's cool. Uh, so, property supporters doing the deal packaging challenge, put your hands together for the wonderful Jesse Marsh. Yay. Hi, guys. <laughs> Great. Uh, Jesse, some people on the um, Video? Will it be a video? On the live this afternoon, they'll know who you are, but some won't know who you are. Why don't you tell people who you are? So I'm Jessie Marsh, obviously, as you can see. I have been deal packaging since 2017. As David quite rightly said, we met in March 2017 when I came to a multiple streams of property income event and sat there, listened to all the different businesses, sorry, all the different property strategies and deal packaging really struck with me in terms of how I could transfer over my skills already into the property world. I didn't have any previous property background at that point. Cool. How's it gone, Jess? Tell them. Tell yeah, them when, I mean, when, 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 we've got a three-year gap. Where are we? We've got a three-year gap. So, so when, um, where are we now? How did yeah. we get there? Where are we now? How so, did we where are we now? We are sourcing in South Wales. We cover quite a large area of South Wales. When I first started deal packaging back in 2017, South Wales was quite under the radar at that point. Everybody from kind of the, the city and London area was going up north. There wasn't really much talk about what was happening in South Wales, what infrastructure was happening, what type of returns you can get down there. And being located not far from South Wales, we thought that that was a really good area to start our sourcing business. Um, initially, was quite frightened to say, I'm going into South Wales, we're going over the border. But actually, it's been amazing. We found that we've managed to help a lot of investors um, through a variety of strategies in terms of sourcing. Um, the business has, has grown and grown, and we've kind of gone in different directions as well. Um, when I say business, it's myself and my husband. He deals with more of the overseeing of the projects. He's an electrician by trade, so that, you know, he's had experience um, managing sites and things like that. So he takes the reins on that side and anything development-wise, and I do more of the forefront of the sourcing and, and working with the investors. Cool. So that's kind of where we've built our business in terms of area um, in, in South Wales and really kind of shown lots of different people what you can achieve in, in that area. 
Fab. So uh, investors, I, when I think of you, I always think of great service to investors. And that's been the cornerstone of your business from those those relationships, you know, other things have blossomed. So perhaps you'd share uh, with people watching how you took that on, how that grew, maybe your, you, you know, the trip that you took um, and, you know, just how yeah, you okay. built your because your investors have become friends and now they're joint venture partners-ish. Yeah, exactly. So when we first started, obviously, we talked a lot about our area and where we were investing, so South Wales and certain pockets of South Wales. Um, for me, obviously, talking about bringing my existing skill set over, I've always worked in customer service and insurance. So it's very much customer service-led. How would I feel if I was in their shoes? And that's exactly how I wanted our business to run as a property business, is how can I add that value to an investor of how would I want to be treated if I was that person? What would I expect from a sourcing agent? What would I expect from a deal packager? And that's the way we, we led with that. So we cover everything from sourcing and negotiating the property all the way through to establishing the works that are required. We look at multiple exits on said property when we're sourcing it, and we wouldn't source anything that we're not or wouldn't take on ourselves. David mentioned um, briefly then about a trip I took. So I took two trips quite early days um, over to Holland to speak at a networking event there, which was property networking event, and explaining the benefits of investing in the UK and that actually went really well we went firstly in that was a December 2017 so quite early on into our, our business and really showcased what what England and Wales has to offer in terms of investments that then transpired we got some really good business and connections from that and as David quite rightly said have built some really strong JV partners out of those trips we went again in the march of 2018 so a couple of months later and spoke again at another event and again some very similar happened we talked about the benefits of investing in the uk and how we could help them um obviously being an international investor how we could bring the value from our brokers that we worked with that already had a, a long experience with working with international investors how that all works help them get their limited companies set up all of that stuff, because obviously it's different for international investors than it is for investors resident in the UK. So, yeah, from that, yeah. sorry, sorry, yeah. we're, we're going to crash into each other, Jesse. Because <laughs> it's not like we're in the same room. Um, so, very, very important for people listening. So, uh, you went, you went to Holland. There are. It's hard to be a property investor for Dutch people in Holland because of regulation and tax and stuff. So that's why they had an interest in coming to the UK. They yeah, didn't have exactly. coming to Wales. So you've got them flying in um, to Cardiff Airport, picking them up, and you could, you're running coach tours up and down the valleys and selling them <laughs> out. Right. cheap on the way. Yeah, we're doing all of that. <laughs> Absolutely. Uh, and then, of course, you touched on it. So the, the difficulty for them is how they buy in the UK. So they have to set up limited companies. You will note that Jessie very sort of brushed over the fact that she helped them set up limited companies. So it's, it's, it's a technical skill that many of us don't have. I mean, it's not something I've ever done, for instance, but you were comforting your Dutch investors that you could do it all and you could set up the uh, machine that they needed to make their investments work. And yeah. then you brought on brokers. Sorry, I will I just this, if I can get this bit in. You brought on brokers 
who would provide buy-to-let or whatever mortgages finance for uh, EU citizens, but not UK citizens. That was key as well. So just talk about that, because this is the sort of thing packages have to do, and we sort of brush over it a bit. Yeah, exactly. So um, obviously, with setting up a limited company in the UK, if you're a UK resident, it's pretty straightforward. You either get your accountant to do it or, you know, you can do it yourself if you're quite tech savvy and you know all the zip codes and stuff. With an international investor, there's a lot more that goes behind it, especially with the money laundering side of things, obviously proving where the, the funds have originally sourced from, how they're going to be transferred over from euro or whatever currency they're in over to, to British pounds. So we quickly identified that we needed to find a broker and an accountant that would help these international investors bring said funds over to purchase property and within the right vehicle, because it's very difficult to, like I say, to prove where the funds have come from because it's a, an external um, kind of connection with in terms of the money. Um, how to set up a limited company when they don't have a registered address in the UK. So there's lots of different factors that come into that that's not so straightforward as if you are a UK resident. So we, yeah, really went to town in terms of finding the right type of people within our power team to be able to help those investors from abroad. Cool. So you plug the gap that you had to plug the gap. And um, when when I think about you, I think about the great value that you give investors. And I think that's your 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 special gift that you bring to investors. You 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 really find great value deals for the investors in that they get uh, if it's a cash flow deal, they're going to get great cash flow. If they're looking to BRR, refurbish, refinance, you've got significant uplift percentage-wise um, yeah. on the properties that you are doing. So you always found great deals. And I sort of mentioned this morning, without giving too much away to friends who are listening now, um, that you found a way. We we were we were in our mastermind Zoom mastermind during the week because Jesse. Jesse, you have to know this. Jesse is one of the mentors in our mastermind group. Uh, she is the most caring, helpful, smart, um, got a wealth of experience now in property and really, really drives her mentees forward. So if, if she's happy to work with you, you're very fortunate. But I just gave the skeleton of a conversation we had this week, and you will remember it, about uh, a friend of ours who was looking at a property in the south of England somewhere, and he was talking about a single let um, at £1,000 a month rent roll-ish. And then he maybe multi-let at £2,000 a month. And and you suggested there might be a way to go to £3,000 a month, right? And it's these niches, these ways of increasing the value from the same property for our investors that make the difference. So do you want to take our friends on that journey and, and just give a clue as to what you're doing or tell what whatever it is you're doing, whatever you want to share, why don't you share, Jess? Yeah, of course. So as David said, the, the conversation with most of the investors or all of the investors that I have is what are they looking to do? So when I sit down with an investor or we have a Zoom call, obviously a lot more at the, at the moment, I kind of work backwards from what their objectives are and what they want to achieve as a goal. And we work backwards to what they're starting with. And we kind of put a plan in place that, yeah, that comes backwards to the beginning point to look at where we're getting. 
what we have been doing in the last kind of year and a half is really tapping into the care sector. So care sector, emergency housing, social housing, and that's where David was mentioning about the different types of, of income that can be generated from property. So we've been working with certain care providers and local authorities for the last kind of year and a half, placing um, emergency housing, so whether it's people from the street or domestic violence, um, lots of different situations into emergency housing care. And what that's done from us on a deal packaging point of view means that we can speak with investors, whether they've already got a portfolio or housing, or we can source to order for the council's requirements. So we've always got an end user in place. And that's working out really well. The investors are really happy. Um, some of the numbers I'll share with you quickly. We have a investor that has a, a property in Newport in South Wales. He initially was going to use it for service accommodation. He got it already and then lockdown happened. So obviously service accommodation kind of went out the window at that point, although it has bounced back at the moment. We quite quickly identified that there was far more need for emergency housing in that area. So instead of putting it back to a single let, it's a five bedroom property, single let in that area, we'd probably be looking at around 950, eight, 900, 950 a month. Um, so we, instead of going down the, the six month AST route, we factored that in and pulled it over to emergency housing. Well, can't, can't pause you there, because we need to know the SA numbers, Jesse. So we've, we've, got the, we've got the single let numbers. I'm assuming the SA numbers are a bit higher. Yeah, the SA numbers, you'd probably be looking at £85 to £100 a night, something like that for the five bed, if you've got contractors or nurses or doctors in there. Um, that's that's roughly what you'd be looking at. So um, you're pushing three grand a month gross, but after all expenses? Yeah, so yeah, obviously with service accommodation, you've got a lot more outgoings factored in with that. So management, linen, cleaning, all of that stuff. So net that down, taking into account about £500 mortgage, you'd be looking, so around 3000 probably around, yeah, probably about 1000 to £1,200 costings on that. So you're looking at around, what would we say, so around one eight? Yeah. Is that right? Yeah. yeah. So that's what you'd be looking at net, taking into account right. well, mortgage. That's significant, right? Significant uplift. You're getting a basically a multi-let return on a single-let property. Cool. Yeah, exactly. Although obviously but you couldn't do that. COVID-19 intervened. That all went out the window. So the poor old investor's looking looking at £900 a month again. Or, or was he? Tell me. Tell us where you got him. To. Well, he spoke to us about, you know, what are we going to do? This is, this is not great news for my business. Obviously, I've not long bought the property. He'd renovated it, so he wasn't quite in the stage of being able to refinance and pull money back out at that point. So we went with the, the relationships we already have with the local council and approached those. And we quite quickly established that there was need for larger properties for emergency housing and set up a contract with them for the emergency housing sector. We have a six month contract in there initially, and that's now rolling because I think we're, yeah, we're nearly past the six months. And they are paying very similar to serviced accommodation rates. So they're paying by the night. So they're paying £100 a night for the whole property at the moment. So we're still looking around the £3,000 mark a month. 
So very similar to serviced accommodation figures, but there's no cleaning because they, because of COVID, obviously they're doing their own cleaning. There's linen fees still, but we're only doing that on a weekly basis rather than, you know, the multiple changeovers you could have with serviced accommodation. So we're doing that on a weekly basis. So that, that costing's factored right down. Um, and we have consistent 100% occupancy within the property, which is fantastic for the investor. So I actually did a payout this morning for him. And that was for the last four weeks, two, two, four as a net. 2,400 net after all costs. Yeah. Right. And then obviously he would have his, his mortgage costings, but 2,400 net. And that is set to go for the net, well, for six months. That's what yeah. we initially agreed. And then a rolling on rolling basis. Cool. So uh, that's fab. Um, this is a sector Jessie's getting into. She knows her stuff inside out. It's it's not something I've ever got involved in, but, you know, I'm going to pick her brains, obviously, going forward. Um, if you're fortunate enough, if you want to work with Jessie, right, you can definitely work with her on our deal packaging mastermind. Uh, I'm sure she's going to get uh, a huge amount of interest from masterminders in what she's doing and how she's doing it. Um, so that's where we are now, Jess, right? So as you moved forward, did you get the opportunity? So you're building your investor database because you focused on that sort of hard and heavy at the beginning. Right? Yeah, because yeah, deals you knew your deals were out there because of your geography. So you, you really pushed uh, forward with your investor database. How's that gone for you? Are you... Uh, do you work with new people all the time? Have you got people from the original cohort who are still with you? Um, do they want to work with you, but they don't want to buy, so they're just looking for a place to park their money and get a better return than in the bank, that sort of thing? Are they, are they lending you money? Are you joint venturing? How, how does it unfold for, for somebody who hasn't done it, Jess? So initially set up, obviously, the company, and I, I – worked very hard on building up the investor database. I knew my gold mine area. I knew what types of deals we could get. And I spoke a lot about it on social media. And I utilized the groups that we have, so Progressive and my own platform, and really built up a great group of investors at that point. Um, we do still work with some of the investors from the initial initial group of investors we had in. We've had a few that have tailed off because they've gone off in different directions, as people do. Sure. We do still work with, with newer investors. Um, we have had a lot of newer investors come to us recently who are interested in the care sector because, as, as you quite rightly said, it's not something that a lot of people talk about. So I have had a lot of interest in that, which has been fantastic. Um, and JV, and yeah, so we do JV with some of our investors. We've actually this morning confirmed another one, which is really exciting. Um, so they are, we found the deal. They're going to fund the, the purchase and the renovation. We, slash Simon, will oversee, so Simon, my husband, will oversee all the refurb project. He'll work with the build team, get everything done. As I say, he's an electrician by trade, so he gets his hands dirty as well. He doesn't just turn up and potter around. He, yeah, he really gets his hands dirty and, and works on site. So that deal is is fantastic. That's going to be for a flip, and that's a new investor. So yeah, we work. And you, you profit share on that, or is that fee driven? What, uh, profit a, share on that one. Profit share on that. Cool. Yeah. So uh, we've got friends uh, listening who haven't got any investors, never tried to get an investor. Um, I won't. I won't go 
back to 2017 when somebody said to me, how, I've never worked with investors. How am I going to get any investors? So to, talk about the journey from starting out thinking you'll never get who'd invest in me, right, to the point where you are actually sort of taking a view on the investor. So it's the investors looking at you as a deal package and what you bring to the party, but actually the ball's in your court, you're in control. Do I want to work with that person? Maybe not. Because that's a big step to get from starting out to you actually weeding out people you don't think are going to add value to you. How, how does that feel? How, how does that journey develop, Jesse? Yeah, it feels amazing that we've got to that stage. So initially, as I said, obviously, we didn't have any investors. We were new to property, or I was certainly new to property. My husband had worked within property previously, but not off, off our own backs. So it was really important for me from obviously utilizing my customer service experience to to be able to gauge and find out what it is that these people wanted to do, what they wanted to achieve. And a lot of that was done, as I said before, just talking about it online. This is what I'm doing. This is what I did. And this is what I've learned. They're my three things that I always kind of govern my Facebook posts or Instagram posts by. So people can really build up a, a following and a journey and they're following what you're doing. So they feel like they're part of your journey, even though they're watching from the, the kind of outset. And that's where we found that um, investors would maybe be monitoring. They may not like or comment on your posts for a while or anything like that. But actually, they then send you a message kind of out of the blue, like, oh, Jesse, I've been watching your progress over the last six months or eight months or 12 months, however long it may be. I had somebody contact me recently who's been watching for two years and now they're ready. They're ready to make that investment for themselves. So that's how we built up quite strong relationships is actually being very transparent about what we do. When we talk about deals and things like that online, we talk about the good bits, the bad bits, the falling down bits. We talk about it all. So I think that's why people are quite drawn or they quite like the concept of how we work is because we are very open about what, what we're doing. Yeah, and there's what you've in what you've just said is something really, really important, Jesse, because I've been through that too. And we've I've been nagging friends on the challenge, um, obviously a week. We've only got seven days, so they can only do a certain amount. But in terms of promoting themselves on social media, it is the number one marketing tool. Uh, you have to put yourself out there. And I'm telling people to post two, three times a week. And Laura did a section on Wednesday, I think, about social media because um, she is the diva of social media, right? Uh, and you've got to follow that. And what Jesse said there, I want to hone in on it because I found it too. Um, we all uh, put a post up and we see how many likes we've got, okay? Oh, that was good. I've got 33 likes on that and that sort of thing. But it's not necessarily the likers, right? That you, It's the people who are just watching you and they continue to watch. And Jess said she, in two years, one, one particular instance before she was contacted, I have had that, right? I met a gentleman, it wasn't quite two years, it was 18 months. He said, I've been watching you, David, for 18 years, 18 years, 18 months, 18 months. And I thought, that's kind of weird, right? Watching, what, what does he want, you know? Um, but, you know, we were able to work together. Uh, so it's the consistency. That's my point, team. You've got to be consistent. You've got to keep doing it. Even if you think it's just evaporating into the ether, people are watching you. So keep doing it two, three times a week. The other thing you nearly touched on there, and I want to draw out, is that 
I I put a, a round table of packages together. It might have been this time last year, towards the end of 2019, because I had um, some quite big investors that wanted to come to the game. Uh, I couldn't accommodate them in Peterborough. So I handpicked, Jesse, and you were amongst them, um, you know, four or five really top, top professional packages who I thought could help my investors. And we sat around the table, and basically the feedback was, you would have put it more elegantly, but this is what I was heard from the table. <laughs> to be honest, David, we got investors coming out of our flipping ears, right? What we're looking for is deals, really good deals to honour their commitment, right? And it's un unimaginable for someone starting now that you could get to that position, but that's the position we all get to. So... Um, I run, if somebody wants to work with me for the first time, however they contact me, for an investor, um, I ask them to come to Peterborough, spend half a day with me so they can assess my team. I'll take them out and show them some uh, projects, new ones, finished ones, ones in the middle, whatever, so they can assess the quality of the work, right? Um, then we'll sit down and we'll look at the lettings, professionals, progressive uh, lets in Peterborough, so they can assess whether these are professional and they want to work with them. And that's totally true, but it's not the whole story, because while we're going through that process, I'm deciding whether this, someone, this is someone that wants to work, whether I want to work with them or not, right? And, and currently at the moment, for instance, as an example, I hope he's not watching. <laughs> I'm not going to name him. Um, I've had a potential investor would not work together. Who has approached me and has been a, he's been messaging me since February-ish, and three times now we put a date in the diary for him to come to Peterborough and have a look at what we do, right? And three times something's happened in his life and he couldn't come. Um, to me, that means it's not important enough to them. And if that's how they do manage themselves for that half a day, if somebody can't give up half a day of their life when we're going to be spending on their behalf a million pound plus over a period of time, um, you know, maybe he's not the right person to work with. So what are your, um, how do you um, factor in, factor out people that you want to work with? What are your criteria for deciding who you're going to work with, who you're not? So early days, that was quite difficult because obviously we didn't have investors. And first of all, I was like, yes, you know, there's investors that want to work with me. Let's work with everybody. Yeah, um, if, they can, if they can mist up a mirror, they're in. They're in. They're in. Yeah, they're in. Yeah, Very quickly that people change once money is involved. Obviously, the deals could be great. You know, the structure, everything that you have in place, it's a solid deal. And it's, it's you know, it's going to earn them some substantial money. But... Then you start to find that their characteristics change and things like that, that you don't necessarily click or gel and things don't quite work to plan. Yeah. So we've had this a couple of times. We've worked with investors. Obviously, we've seen the whole deal through and we've come out the other side of it. And we've realized from the experience that we've had what type of people we want to work with. And it's really about aligning the same sort of work ethic, like you just said. Are these people going to turn up when you when you've scheduled in a call, when you've scheduled in a meeting? Because you're taking time out to build that relationship with them, and if they're not willing to build that relationship back, they're just looking for a quick service in and out to to make the money. Then it's not always going to work. It's got to be about the whole picture from. You know, at the end of the day, they're not buying a packet of crisps. They're buying. You know, it's not. You know, 
not a quick Tesco run or what have you. It's a long-term relationship. Even if you only do one deal with, with an investor, you're still in it for six to eight months potentially with the conveyancing and the sourcing and all of that side of things through the buying process and then the refit process. It does take a certain amount of time. So we now really, you know, I will COVID given try and meet them face to face if we can sit down have coffee have lunch spend that that time with them to really get to know them on a on a better level i suppose you don't get to know them fully from a first meeting but you certainly get to have that that better understanding of of how they're going to work whether you're going to be working well together or if there's going to be not necessarily conflict but you know not quite things going quite right so that's how we we've really kind of narrowed that down is through experience. And like I said, at the start, and probably for the first probably 12 months, it was, yeah, you know, yes, another deal, another great investor, let's go. I remember the phone calls, Jesse, when these <laughs> one or two of these investors were just, just driving you within an inch of your life in the early days, not now. Right? <laughs> so we all have to go through that, right? Um, that's really interesting. Carrie, Carrie's just asked an interesting question. Hi, David, do you have cash investors for really big projects with massive profit in the multi-million pound bracket? How exciting, Carrie. Mm -hmm. um, here's the thing. I don't. Uh, and I don't because I've chosen um, several times during my property career, which started when I was a boy, <laughs> not to go that way. It's not something that ever excited me. The money excites me. I'll get the money. I'll get that, right? But these projects don't just produce themselves, right? Big projects like that, you've got to know what you're doing. But here's the strength of working with Progressive. So um, if I'm downstairs in the building with my co-packer, uh, my, my packaging partner, Adam Seal, and we're doing great um, single air, HMO, service accommodation, small pub conversions, uh, doctor surgery, former doctor surgery we've got going through at the moment, seven, eight, nine bed HMO en suites. We do that stuff. But if you want the really, really big, sexy stuff, no, we don't do it. But there's a man upstairs in the building who who does do that stuff. You know, if um, if either, you know, if if you're serious, carry message me privately, and I can see if I can put the two of you together, see if you've got any common ground. Um, I don't know because I don't know where the question comes from. Okay, so where are we? We are, we are uh, after half past three, uh, Jesse. Here's what I want to ask you, and it, you know our friends are going to need this. So if you're in their place, if you're sitting there today, you've just discovered really that deal packaging might be of interest. It's not what you thought it was a week ago. Um, for um, you, you had a vision in your mind of what deal packaging was, and then you did the challenge and found actually it might be something else, and it leads to all sorts of different places. With respect to finding investors, if you were starting today, right? And you wanted to attract a couple of investors in the next four weeks, say, what would you actually do? What are the action steps you would take to bring people to you if you were starting today? So maybe somebody watching might mirror whatever it is that you share. Yeah. So I touched on it briefly before in terms of telling everybody what I what I do and where I do it. And I always remember, even at the multiple streams of property income, most you know all of the trainers they're saying always make sure that you tell people what you're doing where you're doing it and why so i quite quickly cottoned on to that once i realized you know my gold mine area or where i was going to be sourcing what i was going to be sourcing and 
I still do it now, and I, you know, and I, I've always done it. Is talk about it a lot. You might think that you're overposting, or you know, you're putting the same or similar information out there. But whatever you, you know, you, I may post at eight o'clock in the morning, but David, you may not be online then, and you may not see it at all because of so many other, you know, feeds coming through. So I always use a three-step kind of process. Um, this is what I'm doing. This is what I did, and this is what I learned. So I apply that to everything. So if it's going to a viewing, so this is what I'm doing. I'm going to a viewing in certain area in South Wales. Today, I'm going to go and view a three-bedroom property. The next post would be, this is what I did. So it would be about the viewing. Um, what I learned is obviously the next post. So what I learned from it, it needs a lot more work than I realized, or it, you know, the numbers are slightly out, or whatever that is, because you're showing that you're doing the action taking and people can really follow that so i would always That's genius if i may because what you're doing you're taking basically one action going to do a viewing right mm -hmm. but you're getting three social media posts out of the viewing okay so i'm going to do it i'm doing it now these are the this is what i found after i've done it yeah how cool how cool is that that's really if anyone's watching and you should write that down. That is really because people say to me all the time, "What do I post? I haven't got any content." And yeah, exactly. And even if anybody's, if if you guys are not quite at the stage of doing the actual viewings, but you're making the contacts, you're you're making phone calls to agents, you're speaking, and you're building relationships with agents or direct to vendor or however you're trying to to get the property in through the door. Just talk about it. Talk about you know. Even uh, the situation of making the phone calls to the agents. God, I was really nervous the first couple of calls that I'd made, or even walking into the agents. If you use that process, you can you have content all day long, and people, as David and I were saying, follow your progress and follow how you're getting on and what you're doing. So even if you strip that back and take it to right, I've found five properties on Rightmove. I'm going to make phone calls about them. To the agent so that's a really good thing you can do your this is what i'm doing i've been on right move i found these properties in my gold mine area now i'm going to make the calls to the agents you can then report back this is what i did so i've made the calls and then what you learned is obviously the outcome of those calls and what what's going to happen next so people can follow that journey through from you call you finding those properties on right move or zoopla or wherever you found them gumtree and follow that process through to you actually viewing the property and seeing it and then you've uploaded pictures of it so even if you're only at the stage of picking up the phone or, or you're really in the first stages of, of deal packaging start talking about it don't wait until you've been there and you've done your first deal talk about it from the outset cool uh well just one or two more questions and then uh i've got to let everyone go back to work because they they work for a living we don't jesse <laughs> Uh, Carrie, I've seen your comment, and now I understand the context of your comment. No, please don't send me a massive multi-million pound deal for the challenge, the seven-day challenge. I haven't got an outlet for that, right? It's not what I do, okay? Uh, so don't send me that one. And it take me like three weeks to do the due diligence on it. And, you know, my life isn't it's too short. I haven't got enough days left to get involved in that. Um I have no idea where I was going then, just before I've dis distracted myself. <laughs> you said you had a couple of questions before you had to let us all go back to work. Yes, I do. Um, okay, yes. What do you do when you meet a new investor and 
they almost but not quite have enough money and they seem really genuine people so in peterborough i get a lot of people i do actually a lot wishy-washy word but i get uh, probably the majority of people who approach me that want to work with us tell me they've got 50 grand and 50 grand if you haven't got any money is a lot of money but 50 grand to invest in property is a bit limiting okay if someone is watching this and they find someone with 50 grand or maybe they've got 50 grand can you help them with 50 I was going to say just send them on down to south wales because we've got you know properties still ranging from 40 50 60,000 and with you know being able to mortgage property over 40,000 with certain lenders and again our broker really helps with that a lot of the the properties in and around south wales are from that kind of bracket upwards so they do go up to you know hundreds of thousands and whatnot and they get you know some of them even to the multi-million as um carrie was saying but an average kind of property price where we are you are looking between 50 and 100 dependent on the style and you know and the size of the property so we certainly can help if you guys find investors in other areas that have got a smaller pot for example and they want to leverage that out and they, they still want to get flips or brr our criteria in terms of um both of those so flips and brrs is that there's around 25 percent profit margin in them and that's how we measure our deals cool so if you're saying so why did i ask that question because what one of the one of the great um assets of joining the deal packaging family at progressive is that i have built and you watch me build it jesse because i think you were on the very first mastermind group that we ever put together i mean why you took that leap of faith at the time i don't know but you did right um i've now got you know we've got a network of deal packages all over the country so if you're in the southeast of england if you're in london and, and you're saying to yourself oh i know david's been talking about short leases and this and that and the other but i found an investor in london who's only got 50 grand and they can't do these right the point is work with somebody like jesse and you know i'm sure you'll come to some sort of arrangement some sort of introduction fee you can work together you know she'll build it into the project somewhere to keep you going with a bit of income right um until you start cracking your own local area and london is a great place to invest but it's more technical okay i think jesse would accept that a little bit more technical okay so um what if an investor has ten thousand pounds how do we help them tendy says i think prayer is probably the best way to do to do that um but you know jesse doesn't do rent to rent deals but tendy wherever you are just get them into rent to rent rent to rent sa uh, rent to rent for HMO, £10,000. You could probably get a couple of those up and running pretty darn quick. Tendi, I don't know where you're based, okay? Uh, cool. We do do rent as well. You will? Yeah, okay. we do. Tell them. Tell them. I don't yes. forget. I thought you moved on, Jesse, but tell them. We still do some rent to rents, depend again, dependent on the, the investor's requirement. If an investor comes and they've got ten or 15000 we will we will discuss again, as I said, what their kind of end goal is what their two three five year goal is that they're looking to do if they've got a pot that's yeah 10 to twenty thousand, and they want to get going we would look at what works best for them so we would potentially then look at some rent to rent options to springboard them and get that cash flow cash flow in fantastic yeah and, and here's the joy of deal packaging because jesse 
three years down the road, building a big business, still happy to do a three grand fee type deal, right? So, you know, it's cash. It is cash, right? And if you're finding these things incidentally by looking for other things, right, why would you throw them away? Don't throw them away. Uh, Tender you're in Leeds. Okay, that's cool. You can do this in Leeds. You've got young Master Bennett, David Bennett, working in Leeds on Rent to Rent SA. Reach out to him. He is local to you, and he's in the uh, progressive property community. So, Jess, if people are really impressed, and why wouldn't they be? I mean, what a... What an absolute, if somebody joined the mastermind group and was able, privileged enough to sit on your table and you were mentoring them, uh, I think you would really accelerate their pro progress. Uh, the value and the caring that you bring to that role is just extraordinary. So if you're watching, guys, you need to get into that room, start working with Jesse. If they want to talk to you about buying deals, uh, the social care sector, how can they reach out to you, Jess? What's the best way to get hold of you? First option is Facebook message. Um, that's usually always pretty active on my phone or on my laptop. So that's that's probably the best way to, yeah, ping me a message on there and happy to then, you know, move on from, from that or what have you. But yeah, Facebook messenger is always easiest. Fab. So Facebook men Messenger, Naz has reached out to Tendi. Um, where is he? Terramola. Rent to SA is difficult in Ireland. It is. I've been to three Dublin multiple streams. Basically, as I understand it, and it's not my thing, right? But if you want to do it in Dublin, you've got to be a letting agent, basically. I think that's the rule. So it's a foreign country. I know we speak the same language and we kind of look alike, but it is a different, it's a different culture, foreign country, different rules. Gotcha. Um, or questions coming in now. I want to, I don't want to let you go with it. Uh, I, I'm based in, Hayley says, I'm based in Woking, Surrey. Can deal packaging work in this area as prices are quite high? So I know my view, just you, I'm just dumping that on you. What do, what do you think? Can we package deals in Woking, Surrey? I would say yes. What's deal works in all different areas for different strategies so you've just got to find the right strategy that works in that area yes so Hayley you are not going to package single let buy to let which you can for 50 60 70 grand in South Wales but you know stay with us um I'm going to talk tonight about how you can move forward um because I I am so impressed all of you all of you with the activity and um, I said this morning, if you're on the breakfast live, um, I've just done two days training in the room, live training. First one since lockdown with friends who want to be deal packages. And what I've got from this, what I've got out of this challenge this week is that activity is the key. You guys have just been all in, just all in, doing everything you're asked to do. Um, all the uh, submissions for the spot prizes. I've got deals coming in today, guys. You are sending deals in. I've had some deals. I'm going to start going through them. You have got until 10 o'clock tonight to submit your deals. One person is going to send in a deal that I can get out to the investor database and get you um, get you a fee. So someone's got to win that, okay? Jess, thank you so much. Um, everyone stayed with us. We have 50-odd people with us. Uh, most of that. Uh, everyone stayed. We, we've had no drop off at all. I can probably listen to you all afternoon, but we've taken enough of your time. Jesse, thank you so much. Thank you. Bye, guys. Bye, everyone. Thank you for listening. I am David Siegler. See you on the next episode. <laughs>